0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to 4th Down Focus. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of 4th Down You. Before meeting our guest, I'd like to remind you about our partners at BetOnline, your sports information headquarters covering all your wagering needs. From NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, UFC to boxing, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info with live betting options. They also offer your favorite casino and card games that you can play from home. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code "believe" that's B L E A V to receive your bonus. Bet online, where the game starts. Episode ninety-two of the podcast welcomes Simon Matheson. He's a former Northwest Missouri State University kicker, but currently he is the American football operations and sales director for Trackman. I am absolutely thrilled for this one. I I invited Simon on. I don't know him personally, but this is strictly me selfishly being curious about TrackMan. So it is a pleasure. How are you doing?
1: How are you doing, Dan? Thank you for the nice intro. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on here. Uh, I look forward to this.
0: Yeah, I, I really think highly of people who are objective thinkers. I want to preface it by saying that I, I think that the elite crave it. They want to know the why. And I think that this is a tool that provides the why um, I use like fundamental math and, and, and physics, right. Just to, to justify my beliefs. I don't really ever want to speculate when I deliver information to a player or a coach. And I think that this complements my thinking and and it really would help. Um, it probably make my job a, a ton easier. So I want to talk about TrackMan and for those who don't know, um, TrackMan is a technology and it provides like real time data to these athletes, typically kickers, correct? Correct. Um, And I I initially saw the software was being used in the PGA. I was watching like a Sunday round and I was like, did they just track that ball and show the apex with the data point, with the metric right there live? I was mind blown. And of course, me and anyone who listens to this show is probably thinking the same thing could you imagine seeing like a football in place of a golf ball there? And I'm sure you did too, uh, which, which led you to all this, but, you know, I saw like specialists are starting to use it with you and and this launch angle, this ball speed, the height off the line of scrimmage, the apex, how fast this ball is is spinning before it gets to its destination. Like how many rotations even it's, it really does fascinate me. So could you share like your initial experience with this uh, track, man, and um, could you offer like any any advice to coaches and, and and players about how how you're using it?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, f- just to start off, first with you're right about the whole PGA Tour stuff because we we started in golf and baseball, and I'm not actually an avid golfer by any means. Uh, I would say I'm probably somewhat below average golfer, but I'm the same with you. When I got out of college in 2016 was my last year of playing, I approached TrackMan. And I said, hey, why don't you guys use the technology for football? And just like you said with the broadcast, one of the things that I pitched to Trackman was like, hey, you know, the broadcasts always talk about like how long a field goal would have been good from or how he sliced it and all these different kinds of height. So I was like, well, why don't we use this for, for TV? And uh, they had an existing partnership with NBC because they've used uh, some of our stuff on golf channel before. And uh, then it was in 2018, they said, all right, we want to use you guys in Sunday Night Football. And that's how, that was essentially the birth of TrackMan Football. Um, So, but yes, coming back to your second question there, Dan, um, you know, when we started kind of thinking about what do we need to include in the kicking product for trackman football, you know, we kind of logically started looking at, you know, a lot of the things in golf, because I think most people probably agree that golf and kicking is somewhat similar in terms of you just use your, just use your leg instead of a golf club. Um, So obviously there was many, you know, things from the golf world, we basically just copied over to the football. Like you said, ball speed, long shankle spin rate uh, the movement of the ball and then obviously we came up with different you know other things you know that coaches use like this the same time ball height at line of scrimmage to see the ball has a chance of getting blocked you know get a better understanding of ball trajectory and obviously you know distance you know the good from uh, and so essentially the whole basis for knowing that stuff is i think twofold um there's one uh, the evaluation piece uh, you know, for coaches, uh, obviously, the more information you have on a player, uh, the more confident you can make decisions on who might be the best player or who might be the strongest of two players, or who might be the most consistent of two players or multiple players. Um, so, you know, just providing, you know, more objectivity in the valuation part, I think is is important. Obviously, you know, every coach is going to value guys a little differently. And, you know, you got the mental aspect that obviously plays a big part. Uh, you got, you know, how is the guy's body language. All these different things that coaches obviously value. But just having, you know, objective data measurements on, you know, the, this guy's swing and, and the flight of the ball, I think will add an element that will go from, And you'll hear me say this a lot, take evaluation to go from intuition to what we call evidence-based decisions. Um, so I think that's kind of the number one thing when it comes to evaluation. And I also, and this was our first year or second year tracking at the NFL Combine. And and I think, you know, just like I've mentioned to many other guys before, you know, you have the Combine for a reason because you're trying to uncover as much information as you can on prospects. And that's what we're trying to do for the kickers.
0: I'll unpack that very simply. I think it appeals to me in two ways. I think that the, it's important to grow Uh, what it is we do in terms of popularity with the layman's football fan instead of leaving i think people are staying now for the 50-yard field goal because their fantasy team matters now right and their fantasy kicker has value and that's getting people to know a cairo santos name right or a johnny hecker i mean if you're playing defensive points but um my point being is what you guys are doing is you're teaching people indirectly mm-hmm. through visually appealing tracks and me- and metrics, right? That is that everyone craves now, especially baseball and golf, yeah. right? But I, I think football is getting smarter. And I think that you're appealing to a broader base than just me and you and my fourth down podcast. You know, like, I think that you're going to start appealing to football fans through this, because again, it's, it's not speculation. It's not vague analysis. Like, oh, he sliced that. What does that mean hmm. to a fan that just watched a field goal that he knows nothing about? Nothing. So vague information goes in one ear, out the other, because Correct. it's not evidence-based. It's yeah. not appealing. Our, bra- our brains don't timestamp that as important. So it's it's really never going to grow. Yeah. But th- thank you for that. And I do want to add on, I am so curious to see it, like you mentioned in pre-recording, because like I don't think that it really does it justice to see something like, or yeah, see something like this third person or through like a, a computer screen. Mm-hmm. I think that you almost have to experience it to my knowledge. Um, and I think what it's going to help me with is it's really justifying, I should say, what it is I'm saying that I believe to be objective, because I think that when a kid gets outside his drive step and gets out his channel and goes to the ball he misses left more and I have the visual on my phone still, but I think the track man can support me that it's indefinitely, you know, going to happen, you know, or not happen, I should say. And I think that's what I'm craving.
1: Yeah. And I'm actually, I'm glad you, I'm glad you're saying that. Cause that, that is, that is, you know, one of the things I always kind of iterate, you know, for coaches that, you know, track man is, is what I call like the, you know, the perfect compliment to your own coaching, because it's basically just, Gonna help support you showing to a client what it is you're teaching and how the results may come from that. Yes. Um, so, like you said, let's say you are talking to a guy, you know, maybe his trajectory was a little low, and you make you do you know make him do a drill that said, hey, this is gonna get your ball a little higher off the ground initially. Okay, then you use the launch angle and the ball height line of scrimmage to kind of show him, hey, this is the progression you're making, and 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 that leads to the second aspect of it. You know, I was talking about evaluation before. And then this is the second asterisk, which I think is player development. Um, and, you know, the player development for me, uh, you know, as a kicker myself, too, is obviously the part that I probably uh, care the most about because I want to know exactly what it is I'm doing that leads to better kicks. So like you said, uh, you take, you know, one of your kids out there and you support him, you know, with data that says, hey, when you do this, this is how it shows and you can show him how it's done. You can, you know, you get, you know, the visual from, uh, you know, from the video and then, you know, you got the instincts from your coaching and then you got the hard data to prove what you're saying is right. And, you know, the more we know, uh, the better adjustments we can make on our technique. Um, so I think the, the whole part of, of knowing what it is you're doing is really just about building confidence. Um, because essentially, if I know, hey, when I'm doing these things and I'm within these ranges of data points, whatever, um, my field goal percentage will be over 90%. Let's just put it that way. So I know that, hey, if I, if I do this, I'm 90% likely to make my kicks versus if I'm outside of the parameters, you know, maybe that's field goal percentage goes down. And just knowing that I think is a massive confidence booster because it basically, it actually tells you to kind of keep things simple as that Hey, if I just do this, then it will lead to that result. Um, so I think that's what, you know, kind of talking about the why. Um, and, you know, to some extent, you know, we just want the ball to, you know, go through the uprights because that's what matters. Sure. Um, but we want to know, what leads to the ball going through the uprights, and I think that's 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 the big part of uh, of where trackman comes into play, and uh, where I think a lot of coaches and and players are kind of realizing that hey, this can really help them move the needle on their player performance.
0: I think there's a lot of fear in life, and there's a lot of fear in football, especially with coaching, right? Uh, public and private coaching. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, I think that in 21 years doing it, I've seen that there's been um, hmm, how do I say it? Data is a part of everything now, whether the people who were cynics and skeptics in 2001 were not buying into it, but analytics came right. And I think that people were fearing that it was going to replace them. But I think what you're saying, what I believe to be true is it's going to make the best coaches just a little bit better, right, and probably more efficient. And I think that the the people who are in the middle of the pack, maybe not the best coaches, are fearing that it's going to replace them. But if they if they embraced it it might make their it might expedite their coaching process right their growth and um that's my opinion on that uh because I, I saw it with the analytics and baseball and football yeah. you know and 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 the hesitancy even by people that were currently at the highest of levels um so coaches seek what you mentioned about being repeatable and it, it needs to go in and he's going off mm. they want guys who are very consistent right they want guys who you know, with a naked eye, a person that doesn't kick or never had a history in it. They don't want to see a ton of variables. They don't want to see a bunch of funky mm. movements. They really just want to see the same process, if you will. Yeah. So I want your opinion because your style is unique, but you're also tall, mm. right? I'm a very personal coach. I need my athlete comfortable before I really make any adjusting. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's a progression to what I think is most efficient, but I know it can't go from Point A to B in a half an hour. You've got to kind of find that comfort yeah, zone. So I agree. I want you to tell me uh, what do you, What do you think is the most overlooked variable, or a few things that trigger you when you see high level specialists that are underperforming occasionally because of one or two things?
1: So I think, uh, like you to your point, I'm very much in the same aspect that I believe that you know each kicker is is very different. Um, and each there's no one way correct to hit one correct way of hitting a ball. Everyone is going to strike the ball a little different, have a little different approach. So, you know, the variables can be different from from player to player. I do think, however, when it comes to variables, there's a couple of things is always nice. And I think that most coaches will always agree on. It's just like having a couple of concepts that you never move away from. Um, one, one is, for example, always, you know, to finish your swing down the target line. I think, you know, I don't, I'm not always, I, there's things on that I can prove on my own form as well by doing that. But that is just always my cue is like, Hey, if I, if I'm slicing, if I'm doing something you know, it leads to a lot of excess movement, it probably relates to that. I'm not finishing down the target line how I want to. Um, so I think, you know, that that is probably like one of the things that I always just think about the most is is, is having a consistent swing approach, because if you're swinging, through to the target line, the ball is most likely going to be going more straight as well. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's interesting that, you know, you can adjust a little thing based off the wind and stuff. Um, but, but at the end of the day, and, and, you know, you, you want to be consistent with that. Uh, I think the only time you really want to change up your swing is like, if you have some crazy wind and you got to cut through it with a low launch ball or, or even aim outside the uprights, which i probably never recommend but you know other than that you want to you want (laughs) to stay consistent with it uh the second thing with the the variable i think too is um it's just probably just try to be as consistent with your operation as possible i you know i think i've heard of some guys that want like different leans on the ball depending like on the wind and stuff i'm a little more of the guy i've tried to keep things simple uh so i always want the ball just slightly to- uh, tilted towards the holder uh, straight up. no leaning back, no leaning forward. because um, I do think you know the, you know the having a good operation, you're, you're only a good as your operation. you know never want to start that saying before. Um, uh, and I think the more variables you add on to your holder and snapper, you know the more inconsistent things can get. Uh, so I like kind of, you know, hey, so this is just the one way of snapping is the one way of holding. And that's the approach we're going to go towards. Um, I think that's just kind of like my my two like initial things that, hey, these are these are the things that I'm always consistent with. And then you're going to have variables that kind of play into, like you said, um, you know, if, if you are if you're in a slump, for example, and you try to identify what's different. world well, then, like I said, my swing pattern is the first thing I look for. Um, a second thing too, I'm gonna look for is like, uh, and this is something I use at least a lot personally. It's just my my physical shape, because I, I can I can usually tell, and, and this is kind of using like mostly like ball speed numbers, is that if I'm not in peak condition or not, because mm-hmm. I'm gonna see a drop off pretty fast. Um, you know, I I know that you know my ideal playing weight is is somewhat around like 190 pounds. And I'm pretty light for being six four, but I'm hitting much higher ball speeds at one ninety pounds than I was at two ten. I think that came off and just become a lot more explosive in the weight room, um, and basically trimming down body fat. So I'm very lean now, um, but I can tell that you know. Okay, so so with that with that body composition, I'll probably be able to hit you know my average ball speed and field goals right around seventy miles an hour, but um, I think like back in October. I was averaging more around like 68, 685 five. And I could kind of tell that maybe my body composition wasn't as good that, um, but now I'm in great shape again, hitting the same numbers that I want. Um, but those are some of the things that I, at least I like to, you know, pay attention to when it kind of comes to variables in,
0: in the King game. That's a pro. And I will say that a lot of people, I'll give you one specific example, Caleb Sturgis at, at Florida years ago. Um, probably gained about 10 11 pounds of mass uh mm. from from like winter his bowl game to august so and it was um it was significant gains and it was good mass he was a great athlete yeah um still is uh but it hurt him uh it, he didn't do as well and then when he, he I think he, mm. you know, he drew a conclusion. He's like, that was the only variable that was significant was my my weight. Yeah. And I thought I thought increased mass would bring about higher performance, and it sounds like your example. I think that, man, you know, we can learn a lot from probably once we do this. Enough mm. people get in this it, into these metrics, we could probably draw some generalizations as to whatever BMI or whatever a kid's physicality looks like Mm. here's 15 examples of a kid with your exact measurements. And Mm. this is kind of where they're highest performing with, you know, but that's, that's stuff down the road. But I think that is the really, really important stuff. And I just want to say with your, with your two thoughts, because I know these young guys, listen, I want to go piggyback off that I think that if you want to finish you mentioned finishing down the line or Mm. you want to improve you want to adjust the finish I think it's all about the approach angle I think kids get too married with three back two over and find a perfect way of doing whatever that is Mm. because let's be honest their sidesteps are erratic one's bigger than the other yeah whatever Or, or they're both too big or both too small I still don't think even a kid that has flawless three two whatever that means I think it's dangerous to get married to it if he's not finishing well. Yeah. Because, you know, back to Newton's third law, I said fundamental science, it has to come in and leave to where your intention is. And, and if it doesn't match, we've got to maybe make an adjustment. And it could be two, three inches wider or narrower, correct?
1: It's a, it's a great, it's such a great point, Dan, because and and I'm gonna give you an example. Um, and this is using myself as an example again. In the trackman software, we we have a measurement that measures the launch direction of the ball relative to the center of the uprights. It's called side projected. Um, and basically, it's an indication of your launching point. So, like, are you aiming down the middle or are you aiming to the left or to the right? When I came about two, three years ago, when I kind of really started kicking uh, on the trackman a lot, I started noticing that all my balls started to left off the upright. So you know, zero is is straight down center and then five L is like indicating okay, your ball started five feet left to the center of the uprights. Um and then right is obviously just the other way. And I was I was kind of a I sliced my ball a little bit. So I was always starting at like eight, nine L on okay. on my ball flight, on my ball flight. But also when I look at video from back then, you know, my leg was just coming straight across my body. And I wasn't mm-hmm. kicking as efficient. I made those adjustments over the past couple of years. Like we talked about just the swing, try to have a more downfield swing and basically use my body momentum a lot more. I think that's why you, I think a lot of people watch me will probably say that I'm a very aggressive kicker is that I really try to attack the ball. But for me, one of the reasons why I do that is because I feel like that using a body momentum really forces my leg to go downfield. And now
0: I think it also. I, I don't interrupt, but do you think it also restricts non-linear movements? Uh, you know, with the with, with the rate of change, because you you have less time to mess up, right? You're more direct so. if you.
1: Yeah, know. I think so. I think I think you know because if you if you don't come through with your with your body, your leg is has more room to swing across versus with your body coming through when you make contact. You know, everything is kind of going more towards downfield. Um, so, but coming back to that, so now. You know, I started as a, like a nine L, ten L guy when it came to my uh, um, aiming points relative to the uprights, versus now everything I aim is pretty much down the middle, and basically that is taking that slice of my ball flight that I had about two, three years ago. Um, so I think, I think you know, to, to, again to the to the point of just aiming towards the target line, you know, it, it's for me I use that to basically change my swing because I, I could tell hey, I saw it on video. I saw it on my data points. I was like, hey, I'm aiming left. And I had that little slight, you know, fade to the ball. And I don't really want that. And, you know, you start, kept making adjustment, adjustment, I got closer to zero and zero. And for me, that was a big confidence thing. Cause like we talked about earlier, I knew exactly how I was doing. I used the video to see, and I used the data to confirm what it was I was doing. And that made my confidence go up and actually helped me become much more efficient in how I swing.
0: I was going to say it empowers. It sounds like yeah. it's an empowering tool, right? If you yeah. if you use it and you know how to apply it and 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 have a good current process, I think we should stress this because I'm seeing a buzz about TrackMan and I don't think it's made to improve you. I think it's your job to improve, but when you have things that maybe are, hmm, I want to go a little further with this. I, I need some some analytics involves just some higher level stuff, some concrete evidence. Cause I don't, I think a lot of kids have a fear of changing, but I think if it's, if it's proven back to evidence-based, I think you're going to have more people receptive to changing for the better, for their better versions themselves. I think we're never a final draft, but I think that chasing perfection equals professionalism. Right.
1: I agree. I agree. I actually, I'd say, I feel like pretty much everyone that I've worked with and met so far are very receptive to learning because I think if you understand, you know, that the more you know about yourself can help make yourself get better, you, you, you want to get better. And, you know, and I think, you know, at least all the guys that I've met have all been very hungry for success. And that's, you know, across, you know, high school, college and NFL. Um, And I think guys are buying into that. Um, And, and this, and I think a, a second point too is, you know, for me, and, and I'm always the first to reiterate this, we don't want numbers just to have numbers or because it may look cool. We want it because it's supposed to verify things. And it's supposed to tell a story about your form that you can make to help yourself get better. That And that's why, you know, we've actually started with our customers, attracting customers, spending a lot more time on actually really identifying data trends so we can show the kids or, you know, the professionals saying, Hey, you know, when you do this, this leads to that result. And then the the guys have something concrete. They can, can go after and say, this is my baseline. And this is what leads to success. And, you know, so again, I'm saying, I'm the first one to say that I'm not an over analytical kind of guy. I think it's just more about taking the numbers, try to make it simple, see, you know, how do you use them as a recipe for success? And then you follow that. And that's that thing. that's the best way to utilize
0: a system like TrackMan. I love what you said. And I have one final question. I, you know, I like to help manage my athletes' activities on and off the field. I, you know, I really encourage um, like high repetition, low weight explosive activities, mm-hmm. jumping. Like I don't really need weights per se, um, mm-hmm. but weights are nice. Weights are nice if you have them. Um, but we can really get a lot done off of them Uh, and then I really stress I'm not really married to 10 kickoffs today you know let's do this tomorrow and like really chart it out like football does per se right instead what I think it it should be is learned Um, and I think that as we get every year older we must work more efficiently the goal is to bring the reps down like track your reps Mm. hopefully you do that right but now you can for sure with this stuff um, but I want your opinion on the monetization of, of of athletes and maybe how you're using it or how you used it for yourself because you did mention that you drew a conclusion with your your mass and when you were 190 you were much more effective than when you were above 200. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other examples of of when I'm gonna find like I'm breaking I'm coming to a point where I'm I'm fatigued and it mm-hmm. may be best to shut it down.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. So I use I try to you know basically. You only want to kick, in my opinion, at least, kind of when you are fresh or relatively fresh. I it's my old, it's my old, you know, experience that if I go out try to kick after heavy leg day, I'm not doing myself any favors. Um, so, and I like to be pretty um, organized in in my practices or myself kicking. Um, and so, what I'll do is that I'll try to never go over 30, 35 kicks in a session. And the reason for that is, is that if you do that, if I do that too often, too much, then I just started noticing a little drop down in my numbers, just a little decrease. Um, I feel like I hit, you know, my best, you know, balls, like you up to about 30. And then if I can stay around, you know, let's say 71 miles an hour. And then if I get up to like 40 or 50, then I can tell, okay, maybe I'm not swinging as efficient. My my ball speeds go down a little bit, or if I need to hit the same ball speed, I feel like I have to put much more effort into it. And that's when I can kind of tell myself, okay, now I need to stop because now I'm not kicking efficiently. Um, So I think that's been a big help for me in terms of like managing my workload is I know, okay, this is kind of like the optimal amount of kicks that I I can do in a a session. And then I'm gonna try to stick with that because you're right, you rather have quality over quantity for sure. Game day is obviously going to be a little different because you're going to hit probably a lot more than just 30 kicks on game day. But I will say I, I'd be, I'm i a big, you know, that I wouldn't say overly too caught up in like in a script of kind of what your warm-up looks like. But I would never just go out there and just start hitting, you know, I had two misses and all of a sudden you start hitting 25 balls just because you want to find yourself. I will just trying to, trying to keep it relatively simple, make sure you don't overkick. Um, but like I said, I think coming back to the whole, you know, weight, uh, you know, and, and body load again, it's just that I just felt for me that being a little lighter makes me move better. And so I think how I changed that was just do a lot more explosive training with sprinting. Um, like you said, box jumps. Um I'm not, I don't really go too heavy on weights anymore. The only thing I kind of ever put on more than 225 is hand cleans. Uh, other than that, you know, it's just down, up, explosive, and trying to keep that explosivity. Because also, if you see me, I mean, I, I'm i not a big kind of moving weight guy in the weight room by any means. So, you know, I feel like every kicker is a little different. But for a guy like me, I think I'm, I just realized that my my power comes from being explosive. Obviously, you need strength. But I think, you know, you know, you, you 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 create power by, you know, either um, um, what's it? What's the
0: mass or uh, through? Um, for, for, yeah, force is mass times acceleration.
1: Exactly, times acceleration. Exactly, that's the one. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, for 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 my uh, production of of uh, of speed, it just comes more from acceleration than it does from mass. And that's, that's how my approach has been to, you know, basically just become more, a little more aggressive in my swing, but also, like I said, just get lighter, get faster. So I can swing my leg a lot faster.
0: I tell guys too, and that when I see guys like you that are six, three and or better. Right. Mm. And I have kids that are very proficient at five, nine. Some of my best kids I've ever had have been five nine, five ten, five mm. eleven.
1: 510 Yeah.
0: Like as far as kicking
1: goes. Yeah, it makes a hundred percent good sense.
0: Um, I think that those guys only were successful because there becomes a time when you go to college, especially when Simon walks in the room mm-hmm. and it's me or Simon. If I go and try and kick mm-hmm. like Simon, is, who's a three iron, and I am anatomically speaking v- related to golf, I'm a seven iron. Mm-hmm. I can't chase Simon in the middle of the fairway. Yeah. I got to let Simon outperform me in the beginning of a par five. Mm-hmm but I need to kill him in the final third. I need to keep myself in a position to where my short game becomes my strength because it becomes harder for you as we get closer hole, but I can't compete with you off the tee, if that makes sense. Yeah, And I think if we relate that to football, draw parallels. If you played soccer, you, I did, that was my sport. My dad's English. My dad taught me very quickly, the faster the athlete you're, you're, you know, if we're in transition and you're on defense, the faster the kid you're, you're, you're against the closer you get. And if he's fasting, you get some cloth, right. Get some body, like do not allow him to, to have space. Yeah. Deny it. And I think we've all learned that in soccer, but all these things, you know, and I just, I could go on forever with you, but I do like that you supported my belief in don't be a weight room warrior per se. You, you don't have to prove yourself by your squat Mm -hmm. total. Mm -hmm. because everyone's going to love you if you make a few game winners. And the second, you know, and the second you make one, you really need to remind yourself of the importance of you, because this is a team sport. They don't care if you squat well. All they really need you to do Mm -hmm. is be effective on fourth down or to kick a game off. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thank you for your time, man. And I just want to ask you a simple one. If people just want to connect with you, can you give me one way that you prefer that they could reach you?
1: Yeah. Just on Twitter is good. Um, you can just tag me in wherever this post is, or you can use my email to SMA at trackman.com Um, and I'm always willing to talk to people always willing to, you know, spread the word of, you know, my thoughts on kicking or Trackman man or, or anything really in, in, in relation to that. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a pleasure being on here, Dan. And I thank you for having me,
0: man. Yeah. Keep doing great things, man. And I, I, think i can speak for everyone it it means a lot that you shared this time with us um and i I just want you to uh continue to follow the show you know this has just been an an, an honor i'm almost at 100 episodes and i get guys like this now who you know the purpose of me doing this is i learn you know i'm i I crave like to understand things you know and when i see things that are appealing i just want to learn about them you know i love newness i think that's how we all grow so um Thank you for being one of those guys that influences me, you
1: know. Yeah. Thank you, Than. I think that's actually a great point because, you know, I know I'm I'm the one who might be giving a lot of advice to kind of in today's podcast, but that's when I'm I would people always trying to be an open book. Because like you said, you know, everyone can learn from each other and, you know, some people might have some thoughts on, on, on how to use TrackMan or other things that I haven't thought of before that, wow, that would make perfectly good sense. And I think you're right because you know when you surround yourself with, with good and smart people, you're going to get smarter and better yourself.
0: And don't say stagnant. We say that a lot on this show, right? Uh, don't uh, say stagnant. Don't, be, don't be complacent. Uh, all that. Those uh, are ugly, uh, right?
1: Ugly words. Uh, you, well, my coach always say you either get worse or you get better. Amen. You never stay the same. Man,
0: You really don't, right? You'd like to think you could just stay where you worked, but if you stay yeah. there, someone's still working, right? So. Yeah. Hence, you go exactly. Um, my website is fourthdownu.com social media fourth down you very simple uh thank you again simon and thanks again for joining you, us at fourth down focus uh presented by bet online i will see you next week i'm gonna get back on schedule i'm back in town for a little while i have a really exciting guest uh thank you as always and remember in all things give thanks